This is a shock podcast. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that's celebrating National Day by declaring our independence from Karami Kamel. That's right, he's not here today, but don't worry, it's only temporary. We wish it wasn't. Uh, today, we have Nicholas John. Hello, hello. And I am Faisal American. Now, today, we're giving a huge shout-out to our badminton men's doubles pair, Aaron Chia and So Wuyik. You see, they beat the third seeds, uh, Mohamed Ahsan and Hendra Stiawan, at the BWF World Championships. So they are the world champions, the first Malaysian reps to do so. And uh, best of all, Nick, they didn't have to skip the Commonwealth Games to do it. <laughs> Burn. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, well, this is a massive win, you know, for the players, uh, for Malaysian badminton, and, and also for the fans. It helps us stamp our mark on, on world badminton once again. Uh, Lee Chongwei, I think he put up on Facebook after the win, he said that it just didn't feel right that a badminton-loving country like Malaysia didn't have a world champion. And now that we do, it feels as if, you know, everything is, is right, you know, that history has been made right. Um but but this is a victory that, according to our doubles coaching director, Rexy Mainaki, this was the result of Aaron and Woyek following their instructions to a T. Uh, the, the Indonesians, uh, Mohamed Asan and Hendra Satyawan, were the more experienced pair, and they're very attack-oriented. You know, if you watch the match, these guys' smashes were like rockets. Uh, but the problem is, they were older, you see. So Rexy's advice was, go for the longer rallies, hire the older player uh, players out, and don't rush into receiving the returns. And, and that's exactly what they did. And it's mm. a really beautiful thing to see when your, your strategy and your plans work out. Uh, and the future looks bright, you know, for, for Aaron and Wuyik. They've already won uh, the Olympic bronze medal. Now they've got the world title as well. And, and Rexia has said that with these guys, there's almost nothing more for them to learn technically. What they need to work on now is the, the, the sports psychology aspect of the game, you know, building mm. confidence, picking yourself up when you're down, avoiding unforced errors. And once they can master this, anything is possible. Yeah, uh, one thing's for sure. They serve as an inspiration for everyone. Uh, hopefully, there's more glory to come. As for all our other reps, keep your chin-ups, guys. Uh, keep at it, and we will be behind you all the way. Yes, including you. <laughs> Uh, moving on to the Premier League, Liverpool claimed their first win of the season. Uh, they started the campaign with two draws as well as a loss to Manchester United. Uh, but over the weekend, they took on a very determined Bournemouth side at home. Uh, Liverpool overcame the odds, struggled and eventually earned a scrappy 9-0 win. Uh, I don't know about you, Nick, but I was very disappointed it wasn't 10 nil. Clop out. Uh, seriously, though, uh, it was an impressive win by a wounded animal. But the big question here, right, uh, can Liverpool maintain it? I mean, they're up against Newcastle next. Uh, yeah, well, Liverpool had a point to prove and, and they did it in style. Uh, there was a lot more intensity, a lot more desire, all of which 
was pretty much missing from their opening three games. And they will probably look at this as the real start to the season. You know, like, like, like now is when it really begins. Forget about what happened before. Um, but I, I don't think that maintaining this is going to be an issue. Uh, they have a problem in midfield, right? That is an area that they're going to need to improve. But overall, as a unit, I think uh, they've, they've started to find the form that they need to mount a strong challenge. Uh, the only concern is that if this proves to be another tight title race, uh, then these dropped points from the first three games might come back to bite them later. Okay, you mentioned the midfield reinforcements thingy, right? So recently, they finally admitted they need a new signing. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation about who they could sign, uh, Frankie de Jong and Ruben Neves included. At this stage of the transfer window, Nick, a I can't see them making a good signing. Any additions will look like a panic buy, and that never works. Eh? <coughs> Mario Balotelli. <coughs> uh, yeah, correct. And this applies for all teams as well. You know, when you get to this stage of the window, you're either left with the players that the other teams don't want, or the selling club knows that you're desperate. And they will start asking you for, for ridiculous amounts of money, both of which do not make for a good value for money signing. Um, this is it. You know, I, I, I don't think they're going to manage to bring anyone in. Uh, the realistic thing for them to do now is to wait for the mid-season window if they need to make an emergency signing. Otherwise, uh, just wait until next summer because you know, that's your next opportunity to bring in uh, sort of a, an established name. Yeah, that was the initial plan, wasn't it? They want, they were hoping to sign Jude Bellingham for free next year unless Real Madrid gets their dirty hands on him first. Uh, moving on to Manchester United. They made it two wins in a row after beating Southampton 1-0. Uh, not bad, uh, Nick, uh, this Ten Hag, eh? Yeah, you know, I mean, we've reached a point now where two wins in a row is not bad. Uh <laughs> But you know, it is lah. You know, considering you know all, all circumstances considered, it is a good result, and they kept clean sheet as well. Uh, but to be fair, that this was not the most convincing of wins, but we'll take it. Three points is three points. Um, but it, it'll also go a long way to help them build some momentum. You know, and just mm-hmm. getting off from the bottom half table will be a, a huge confidence booster for them. So. Um, it looks like they're on the right path. Okay, what do you think of uh, Ronaldo's future now, uh, having seen their game so far? Look, with, with Ronaldo, and I've mentioned this before as well, it was always going to be a case of finding a club that either wants to sign him or is able to sign him. And I don't think there are any, there are any clubs like that. Right now, We are, as of the time of recording, they are just a couple of days before the close of the window. Uh, and still, nothing concrete in terms of teams that are genuinely interested in him. So I think we're stuck with him at the very least until the next window. Do you see him playing a big role or is he most likely relegated to being a bench warmer for most of the season? Oh, uh, I think bench warmer would be putting it a bit harshly. Look, Ten Hag has already shown that he's not afraid to drop Ronaldo from the starting eleven. He's not afraid... Uh, another established player, your captain, you know, Harry Maguire from the starting eleven. So Ten Hag, is, 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 he's showing that he's prepared to do what needs to be done for the team. And I think that the sooner Ronaldo learns to accept that, that there are going to be games where, yeah, he starts, but there are also going to be games where he needs to start from the bench and, and play sort of like a supporting role. The sooner he, he comes to terms with that, I think mm. uh, the better it'll be for him. You know, he'll be more at peace and 
performances will improve as well. Okay, uh, Arsenal continue to top the standings with a 2-1 win over Fulham. Uh, two points over Man City, who came from behind to beat Crystal Palace. City also overcame a two-goal deficit to beat Palace 4-2. Uh, Tottenham a third with a 2-0 win over Nottingham Forest Chelsea 2-1 win over Leicester Brighton pipped Leeds 1-0 Brentford and Everton drew one all Wolves and Newcastle also drew one all West Ham beat Aston Villa 1-0 now uh, as for the Villa match right it's a third loss in four matches for Villa and uh, their fans responded by booing boss Steven Gerrard I don't remember if uh, he was part of a manager's sacking predictions, but it looks like Steven Gerrard could be one of the first ones to go. Huh? Yeah, and, and, and so here we were thinking that Frank Lampard was going to be the first to go. Now, it, it very realistically could be Gerrard. Uh, it's not the start he was hoping for, for sure. Uh, let, let's be real. Uh, the, the, the pressure is, is, is intense here. Uh, I think that if they start showing the slightest hint that they could be dragged into a relegation battle, I personally think that Villa are going to want to stop the rot early and bring in a replacement as quickly as possible. And and I was reading an article, apparently one of the reasons for Villa's poor showing this season is because they've lost Gerard's trusted assistant, Michael Beale, who's left to join QPR. And the UK tabloids even claim that Beale is the real brains behind the operation of Villa, especially when it comes to planning and training and all that. So losing his right-hand man could be why Villa and Gerard have been struggling. And, and like I was saying earlier, for a club like Aston Villa, especially after how well they did last season as well, sitting two places from the relegation zone is not going to be good enough for them. So improvements need to be made fast or Gerard could be in real trouble. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of the Podball Sportscast. Uh, but before we go, I just want to say that it is important to celebrate our small wins. Don't just shy away from them, guys. It can be something as simple as just getting out of bed without hitting that snooze button or making your own bed after waking up uh, or beating your opponents 9-0. <laughs> if they make you feel good, a small win is just as important as a big one. That's all for today. Selamat Hari Merdeka. I am Faisal American. Happy National Day, guys. I'm Nicholas John. <laughs>